Blog Talk Radio. I don't understand. You're, You're live, live right now. now. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. I know. It's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> As we know, we're, we're actually pre-recording. We'll be doing that a lot soon um, for yeah. when they get put on. But anyhow, so technically one could ask how did everything go, but I think we'll save that one for tomorrow when we our regular show but sure. um, other than that I mean are you're getting ready for your daughter's graduation how did her prom go yeah prom went really good they um, you know I did her hair which was a disaster as far as I was concerned but she thought it was fine so she's so nonplussed about things like that but it was very 70s looking she has like we feathered her bangs out and feathered her hair out a bit. So she had a very mm-hmm. Sarah Fawcett-esque looking hairdo, which I was like horrified over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they had fun. They, her little group of friends went and took photos and they went out to dinner and then they went to prom and then they, um, two of her girlfriends came back to our house. So I set up in her bedroom. I, I cleaned her room up while she was gone. Well, she did most of it, but I finished it for her. And I washed a bunch of her pajamas so the girls would have PJs if they didn't prepare for that. And uh, I put a little tray on her bed with some waters and cookies oh. and fruit in case they were hungry when they got home. And uh, oh, so that was please. all fun. Yeah, I made mm-hmm. breakfast the next morning. They were rather mess about the the prom part of prom I guess it was mm-hmm. kind of a letdown um, it was just another school dance it wasn't very fancy or decorated wow. well or, and there was no food or anything there's cookies and popcorn at their prom and oh I'm like wow that is kind of a bummer yeah um, but they still had fun they they had fun with their friends because they were hanging out not necessarily because it was prom but it was right good. it was right yeah well, yeah. that's good. At least it, it will have a good memory as opposed to a really tragic memory, which, you know, yeah. a lot of things can happen that do that. Um, mm-hmm. Quite frankly, if you want to know my personal opinion, I really don't remember my prom night all that much. I mean, I know, you know, the, the person I went with and I know that we danced and, you know, but as far as the actual theme and everything, I mean, if mm-hmm. I really want to, I can go on. So the uh, the website that they have for you know the the high school reunions and I can go back because of course when you have that everybody has that nostalgic memory about what high school was and and of course yeah. going back and seeing all that and I really don't just don't care I mean <laughs> it's not that I don't care care it's like yeah but I you know right that kind yeah, of I stuff, didn't go so. to my prom so I don't have any oh wow memories of it I just 
um, by that point, I was I went to continuation school, but my the continuation mm-hmm. school I went to was on the same campus as the quote unquote regular high school. So we still got to do all the regular high school events, but our mm-hmm. education was in a very different track. Um, ah. And at that point, I was like, "All you normies are lame. I don't want to go to any of your stupid events." So I was very anti <laughs> the system, which I'm sure is yeah. shocking. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, come on. You're such a, you know, by the book lady. <laughs> I know. Mainstream. I know, yeah. I know. But so here we are, our subject, yes. of course. And, you know, for me, there wasn't anything of that nature in, to be able to sort of talk about what happened. It's, it's, I know that the prom and the high school graduation and, and all like my daughter's uh, stepson's graduation is this. Friday, and then they're mm-hmm. taking the whole family and going to um, uh, Galveston, Texas, to a the beach area and having like a, a family nice. vacationy thing. So because her eldest, who graduates, is going is in the National Guard and will be getting ready oh. for boot camp. So all that being said, I just got a chance to read my Mother's Day card, which came in the mail, and she was so sad. She says, Mom, I'm so sorry it's going to come late, but I said to her, laughingly, I at least got it, my birthday card, yeah. which she did send, and she says, I sent it out in advance, never got to me. It is lost no. in the U.S. postal system, never to return again. I mean, it may be <laughs> in the ether. Somebody up there wanted it and took it out of the physical realm. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's, it never came to me. So I was, you know, reading it, and she was, it, it was a very beautiful card, and I got very emotional over it. And she oh, says, you nice. know, I'm I'm learning how to how to communicate, you know, hold myself in check and and be able to communicate. And I'm thinking, and to me that was really important because we mm-hmm. it's not that we have a bad communication. Both of us get very agitated quickly, and mm-hmm. then that creates um, that pulling apart. And so I have had to learn to try to be more conciliatory, which is certainly not my style, um, but. <laughs> You know, it works to get us, you know, to try and get around the corner. And then, of course, the magic moment was gone because there were three of the kids wanting her attention and everything. So I just went, I love you very much. Have a good time, you know, with the graduation. Give, you know, James a hug. Have a good vacation time. And, um, you know, happy anniversary, by the way, because their anniversary actually is um, tomorrow as well. So (laughs) they're like, yeah, it's a big thing. So that was, that's the only thing that happened for conversation but um I wanted to throw that in only because it, usually we kind of go back and forth and and mine was sort of this other thing not really a, a, a specific you know like yes there was all this happening it was just you know a card came in the mail and I got to engage my daughter and converse with her so that was that but that's nice. excellent to me but yeah yeah absolutely yeah so I know. So now here we are with our subject for this episode is, um, you know, I think, and I can't remember, now this tells you it, hedge witch, green witch, kitchen witch. So I'm I'm kind of, you know, kind of, we have three different versions of what the the particular witch is and what it does, what what we do kind of a thing. Right. So... You know, why don't you kick it off with picking one of those three that we'll dive into to begin with? Oh, well, okay then. If I get to pick, I'm going to start with yes. Green Witch because that's the one that I know the most about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds good. <laughs> I well, appreciate so, that. <laughs> for me, I think a Green Witch is a complicated term because there is actually a lineage, there's a tradition called Green Witch, where it's a Mm -hmm. a specific initiatory tradition. Um, Mm -hmm. However, there are also lots of people who call themselves Green Witches, and they tend to be more um, Mm nature-based, more uh, elemental-based, not necessarily working with um, deity, but more working with the land and the elements and the spirits of the land. Uh, I don't right. think that's universal, that, that they're non-deists or whatever, but I think that's more likely than not that green witches tend to be more earth-based. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah. where, that's where I would start with the conversation. Okay. Well, I understand that, you know, um, it's interesting because, again, definitions and how it actually plays out in the real world is, is kind mm-hmm. of sometimes a little fuzzy. And sometimes yep. the, the aspects of each one of these three are, you know, they overlap. So we can't yeah. just say this is only it. But I know that, you know, the Green Witch is basically into, you know, and I say into gardening and herbalism and, you know, plants. And because of the green, it tends to obviously have a self-explanatory point of reference. But Mm -hmm. um, I believe that they also are um, mostly focused on that aspect. And, you know, they tend to be the, the rhythms of the earth are part of their life because of right. the way they deal with the plants and the earth and the element uh, that way. So, you know, I, I feel um, that when we talk about it, I go, well, I'm not really a green witch. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that I'm not a green witch. I guess in a way it's because that isn't my primary focus. So it, it tends to be off on another, you know, basis. I mean, I like plants and I try to have a nice garden, but I'm not into, you know, success of growing and things like that. And I would probably say that, you know, they're good with herbal remedies and, you know, the wild crafting. And, and I know that Mm -hmm. in my training, obviously that was part of what I wound up, you know, we had part of what we were doing. So it, it kind of, is an aspect that I never followed because I, I personally didn't feel the call. And yet my very dear friend, Alma, would be more of a green witch. She really loves mm-hmm. to garden. She's, you know, planted things. She's done all these different, you know, uh, remedies and, and potions and things. So I tend to feel that, you know, I look at that and I go, well, that's what I look at as, as more of a green witch. But mm-hmm. um so, yeah, so, and let's see, is there anything we have magically excluded and not given time to? Well, Do you have anything? What I would, yeah, what I would add to that is there is, and I've probably talked about this book before because it is one of my favorite books. There is a book by Anne Moira called the, uh, Green Witch Craft or The Green Witch. Now that I've said it, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. It. I'm trying to look on my bookshelf, but I can't see it from where I'm sitting. Um, but I, I love this book. Uh, it, she is of the lineage of the green witchcraft tradition of the tradition of green witchcraft. So it, this is mm-hmm, both her mm-hmm. lineage, right? The way she practices, but her book is great because it talks about how her tradition does things. And then the book is filled with correspondence. So that's why I usually recommend her book because it's, uh, if you're looking to do a spell or a ritual and you need some help with correspondences or some things that you can use or you need a basic ritual outline, her book is a great resource for that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it gives you this interesting look. Oh, I know what it's called now. It just hit me. The Grimoire of the Green Witch. So yes, part of the yes. book is that this is also her personal book of shadows. It's her grimoire that she's sharing. Um, and mm-hmm. it gives you kind of a peek at how someone who calls themselves a green witch and who practices in a tradition called green witchcraft does things. So, you know, if you're a more of a nature based type person and you're into the whole gardening thing and the rhythms of nature and, and more feeling called by that, this might be an interesting book to check out. Um, If I'm not mistaken though, she does also talk about deity and angels and uh, mm-hmm. you know some of these other things that you might not necessarily think of as part of green witchcraft or you know earth witchcraft or whatever. She talks a lot about um, these other forces right. that can be incorporated right. into your work. Um, right. But I do I love the book. I recommend it all the time because it's the just the correspondences alone makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. And you know a lot yeah. of times that's I guess when you look at certain things because these. This may be a tradition. It may not be a tradition, but it may be the calling you have. But if you have something that you can utilize all of this, that's what the written word is probably the best known for, is to be able to put all these things in a way that people can go out 
and collectively find them as opposed to your grimoire, which of course is, you know, if you're the only one in your family that did this, then you're not going to have a background, whereas somebody who has a more uh, longer lineage of, you know, green witchery or any of the, the, the uh, pagan and, and witchy things, you're basically going to have nothing, you know, you can draw on all that, but for many of the people, and because of the broken lineage that has happened because of, you know, different things that have taken place in our history, uh, this is necessary. And if it's a good, it's, it's good to have these kinds of things that you use and have in your, you know, library for that purpose. And right. um, it's in, yeah. And, and they do, there is a belief in deities, but it depends on the individual um, which, and a lot of it. Is, and we were just talking in our last uh, show about, you know, spirit of place and, and the fae, but usually the spirits of nature and, you know, the dead or the fae, uh, you know, play a good part in the green witch tradition. So you were talking about mm. deity. And, right. you know, you can utilize those same energies and beings when you're talking and working with the plants. I mean, just like the druids with the trees, you know, I mean, we've got that kind of energy pattern that works that you can work with those spirits. And um, so I, you know, it's, and just as it says green, it's like dealing with more earth. So, um, and I think, you know, noticed over the last few years, there has been an interesting shift in the larger umbrella of paganism and witchcraft of people who are into the, the eco-ness mm-hmm. and the ecology mm-hmm. and the land and being connected to the cycles of nature and the cycles of the land more than they're right. interested in connecting with gods, right? Because that does sometimes the working with gods or being in devotion with deity can feel very um, uh, power over, you know, we give the mm-hmm. to a God. That's not how I work with deity, but I can see that it can emulate like the Christian system or the, you know, what our overculture might expect relationships between a God and a mortal <laughs> to look like. And I think this <laughs> yeah. is a new wave in paganism of people who aren't interested in that relationship. They don't see deity at all and are uninterested in exploring how that might show up in their lives. And, so this is becoming more and more of a thing, and I really like it because I, I think that honoring my relationships with gods and having devotion to my gods is important. But I honestly think what's more important is honoring the land and the place where I live and taking care of it because the planet sustains us. And if we don't take care of right. it, our gods aren't going to die. We are. <laughs> Humanity <laughs> I think it's very needs practical. to work with the planet. Yeah, it, absolutely. So I'm actually kind of excited to see that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. and it it you know it's um, it draws us, and this draws on the folklore and the folk religion and the folk magic of our our cultures that we are part of, whether it's you know here on North America or Eastern Europe, or Western Europe, or Central Europe, or. Mediterranean or Asian, you've got all these different areas, but they all are part, as you say, of the earth, but there's traditions and, you know, lore and magic that are part of it. And when, and I feel that it, it's part of a web. And so in, in traditional aspects, I look at it as going, this is good because we each have um, areas that we, uh, I'll use the word vibrate to, and if the green witch tradition or aspect of uh, working with the uh, spiritual and the the, the, tr- the energies are real to you and that works with you, then you're part of one part of the weaving, and then there are others that you know work more with you know the the different. Uh, deities and aspects and yes I think now the the marriage of the two or the weaving of the two is coming together in a um, a better tapestry so mm-hmm. yeah I've never you know the funny part is I use a lot of terminology about weaving and the weirdest part is I did try doing weaving and it never worked I didn't I didn't <laughs> get the hang of it it it's hard and I mean I had somebody make a beautiful little um, uh, loom you know, uh, and I, I 
didn't make it. It was just like, well, that was one experiment that definitely goes in the failed traditional aspect. You don't get to go there. So, yeah. but I, I, I see how that works and energetically and, and sometimes even, you know, physically, I just can't, it's just not part of my world to actually happen. Um, but, I, you know, and it's funny, I never really thought about the terms green witch or head witch or kitchen witch. I knew they were used, okay, and I know we've, we've uh, sometimes I've even used them. But until I started really delving into uh, the process, I never really got it. It was like there's a, there's, they're, they are separate, but they're collective. So, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was really happy that we chose this particular subject to to work on because it gave me a better understanding. And as I have found with what we do with our show is not only do we present things that we may have knowledge of or more of an expertise in, but it is a consistent learning of the more fine points of things without, you know, spending years within it, but it gives us or gives me a chance to, to look further into something that I would not necessarily probably take the time to do because I'd be so busy doing something that, you know, I was so engrossed in and, and going off on a, on a tangent, as my mom would say, going off to the, to the other side. Um, so I really appreciate getting these kinds of subjects and, and going for it because it's as much a learning experience for me as it is anybody who's listening to us. Right. Absolutely. So. I agree. Okay. So um, other than that, do we have anybody? I mean, I know that, you know, Anne Mora is uh, a good source and uh, do we want to, you know, do we have any other things that we could share about the source uh, information. I know that, um, as you say, that's a very good book, and it's a very, you know, mm-hmm. um, good source. So, um, I mean, I know that obviously going on the internet is a is a big source for everybody. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah. And as I far don't as know. my experience goes, that's the book that I know the best on that topic. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I mm-hmm. have. Um, there was a book recently, and I haven't read it, and I honestly can't remember what it's called. But there's been a release recently, like Atheist Witchcraft or something like that, um, mm-hmm. which explores more of these topics of working within a system of paganism and witchcraft without deity. And it tends to be mm-hmm. much more green witchcraft based. Um, so I would, right. look if, you know, if this is if this is striking your fancy. I would definitely look up resources that are connected to atheist witchcraft and um, paganism in, in ways that they're focused more on the land and less on deity. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, because I was trying to look through any of my um, things, and unfortunately, you know, it there's a lot more, at least I found, there was a lot more on kitchen witches and hedge witches than it was on green mm-hmm. witches but that doesn't mean right. there aren't sources it's just i couldn't find them <laughs> so but yeah. um yeah and you, you know there are places you don't have to be in many ways i think being uh you know uh, you don't have to have a garden like an actual plot of land i know that's always the best or or that but you can do it in um, I know pots is, is another, you know, way to do it or, you know, small gardens, small little things because people, you know, and then we have hydroponics, which is indoor gardening, which is, you know, again, another version, a little dis, uh, distanced because you're not really with the soil and the earth and that. But there are ways to, I think, maneuver around things that you might not be able to actually have your own land. Now, I know here in where I live, not only do we have little land around us, but they actually have a communal garden. So you can connect with spirit and uh, the earth and the energies by uh, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Over and above, you know, that. So um, giving people options, I mean, to work in that. And of course, wild crafting is um, very much a part of it. So doing that and going out and, and being aware of what's out in wooded areas or, you know, things of that nature. 
within context. Yeah, I of, think I think wildcrafting is one of the things that sort of fits into all three of these mm-hmm. um, titles. You know, I think that's what they, mm-hmm. one of the big things that they all have in common is understanding plants and what's safe and how to safely wildcraft things, which is a show we could we could probably do a whole show on wildcrafting, but. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's um to me anyway. That's the that's the, one of the major things that these three streams of witchcraft have in common. Mhm, mhm, mhm. So, well, okay. So aspect number two, I'm going to leave hedge witch. I'm going to go with kitchen witch, not because okay. I'm a kitchen witch, but I mean technically. Um, I never inherited my mom's capacities to cook well. I cook okay, but, you know, cooking and working in the kitchen has never been where I excelled, which is why I married men who could, (laughs) (laughs) technically. Um, But, you know, traditionally, I think a kitchen witch is also known as a cottage witch or a hearth witch. And um, the practical sides of of the Wiccan pagan, you know, religions and magic use of elements of the earth, stones. um, I think that is very much um, part of where that energy comes from. And, you know, I have to say sometimes when you read something about what they talk about and, you know, of course, um, Cottage Witch or Scandinavian Witch, you know, they have certain things they focus on more than they do others. So, um, right. but go for a kitchen, witch. I mean, I kind of drop the basic and we'll see what else you have to offer. And then I'll jump back in again, but go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, for me, I think the kitchen, witch is the one that, is the hardest to um, define and not because it's not definable, but because I think a lot of people practice kitchen witchcraft and don't even know that they're doing it or don't consider it witchcraft at all. Um, Right. You know, kitchen, kitchen witches are the folks who understand how to cook love into dinner and their food tastes amazing, not just because they're good cooks, but because they're adding a pinch of something else into it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I want to, you know, my, my husband is an excellent kitchen witch, and that's food magic is his one of his big shticks. But one of mm-hmm. the things that I do just, just a little bit better than him, it, you know, like we will cook the same meal. For example, when the kids were younger, he would cook chicken and the kids wouldn't like it. And I would cook chicken and the kids would like it. And it wasn't a ton different in how we did it. I think, mm-hmm. I just, and I blame this on being a tourist. I don't, this isn't something I intentionally do. It's just a gift I possess. The food that I cook always is tasty because I'm adding magic to it. And I'm not doing that intentionally, which is why I think that there's a lot of kitchen witches that don't recognize they're doing witchcraft. Some mm-hmm. people are just mm-hmm. gifted with adding something extra and it's not the right spice. It's not the right vegetable. It's not the right temperature it's something else that's undefinable Um, there's just a magic that they possess when they add a bit of this and a dash of that and you know one of the things I love about witchcraft is getting my hands dirty I like making potions I like making herb mixtures I I make products for milk and honey I make herb mixtures and baths and incense mixtures I love all of that and that is what cooking is that's what creating tea, creating a meal, cooking something, baking is like the biggest way of doing kitchen witchcraft. All of that is, it's the same thing where you add a Mm -hmm. pinch of this and a dash of that and you understand what the ingredients do. And that's again, where this like wildcrafting and herbology and gardening, all of that comes in. When you work with a plant from seedling to fruit, you have an intimate Mm -hmm. relationship with that plant. It's magical. And then to turn mm-hmm. on the food and eat that and share that with others, there's an inherent magic in that that goes beyond incantations or spells. This is like basic human to land to animal to plant relationship. And that's what mm-hmm. makes things so tasty and delicious. But you can also cook all kinds of other things into food too. I don't mean to sound so like love and light and twee about it. You can also, you know, curse people with food or bless people with food or 
there's all kinds of spells and rituals for baking things into food and whoever gets the token or charm or whatever gets the blessing, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's lots of ways to work it. Right, right. And obviously looking at the dynamics, it's um, it's about all of the different things and the the way you do something and the thoughts and the feelings. And you're right. It's um, I was trying to think of some of the, sh- the I mean, like water for chocolate. Um, and uh, what was the other one? There was another one that was a cutesy one. I think it was called Irresistible. And then there was a third one. What was the one with Johnny Depp where he – the woman made chocolates and and had a had a patisserie oh, yeah. chocolate. And chocolate see those are all things that have brought to the fore pluses and minuses um brought to the fore the same idea of this of bringing that into uh the things that you you cook and that you make um which is interesting because in some ways and this is just a thought. I'm, I'm bringing this out as a, a topic for a mild t- discussion here. Um, mm-hmm. This is about kitchen. This is about the herbs and the earth and the and the, the plants and the you know all the things that go into that. Um, what would we call someone who is a seamstress or a tailor who does mm-hmm. the same thing, but with the fabric and the 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 items. I mean, obviously, we immediately. And it's funny only because there's been a lot of posting on my one of my Facebook pages of Christian Dior, you know, beautiful gowns that are made, etc. Um, mm. But it's magical. It's magical, yeah. and yeah. that's you know we talk about the the magic garments that are in folk tales and and fairy tales the 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 fairy godmother that that decks out you know Cinderella and it's a beautiful gown it isn't just beautiful it's magical so i'm kind of curious it's slightly off of kitchen witch but it has the same concept of weaving or moving or putting the elements into something and of course fabric and and stones and beads are all part of earth as well but not as um i guess not as uh, simplistically i mean you take a plan and you as you say you have a, a a relationship with it and then you cook it and then you you ingest it so it goes inside of you cellularly mm-hmm. versus something you put on but what are your right. thoughts on that right yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, I think it's a, a different form of magic. However, you know, imbuing a piece of fabric as you sew it is also very powerful. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, but you're going to put that on. So it's going to, it's like a glamour, right? You imbue a piece mm-hmm. of fabric or you embroider a magical sigil into something and you put that on, you're putting on the glamour of it. And then mm-hmm. when you're done with that piece of magic, you take it off and you save it for the next time or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, where um, with cooking or, or the more kitchen-focused arts of, you know, baking and, and whatnot, you're preparing something that you're, you're absolutely you're going to ingest. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you do this regularly, you know, if you're always cooking love into your food or abundance into your food or whatever, then you're, you're creating spell work that's ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like the same concept of having a mojo bag that you wear every day, right? Or a charm or mm-hmm. whatever that you're wearing every day, except instead of putting it on like a glamour and taking it off, you're imbu- you're um, internalizing it, you, you know, you're adding it into mm-hmm. the chemistry of your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. See, and that, and again, it's just another version, but I, it was funny because we were, we were, reading this and see my mother comes from a more she passed away but my mother did come from a more uh country folk you know and out in the country and and grew up in a time where you know you did kill your own chickens and pluck them and do all that and you know do Mm -hmm. the things that you needed to do with the the land my uh, father's side of the family though they came from sicily and were 
obviously of the land type thing. They were tailors and seamstresses and that line came in from, you know, over there. And it's funny because both of those lines create, but you're right. One of them is you make it cellular. And I know that in, um, a lot of traditions, you know, you have the light and you have the dark. And so when you do want to create, you know, something that could cause harm or that you are going at, you know, there's a lot of that. And I know in the Huda tradition, it is a very prominent night. You know, there are other traditions that also use it. It just happens that, you know, with the fact that you and I both have taken, you know, Huda training, et cetera, in terms of that, it's something that's very much a part of it and and books have been specifically written on things of that nature Mm -hmm. so i just look at it is more personal because it goes into your body you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah and food does impact our bodies you know so to get super personal this might be tmi sorry uh not really but you know um, I've, I've been having some pretty serious issues with my digestion and, uh, I finally reached a point where I've gone to talk to my doctor about it. And when she started asking me questions, I, I had to really look back and realize that I've been dealing with these problems for probably over five years and I've just been muddling through and my diet is, has never been perfect. I like junk food. I like fast food. I like sugar. I like all of the things that are bad for you, I like processed foods, and I eat them. <laughs> I eat them all. Right, right. <laughs> and, and as a way of dealing with that, I've been put, well, I've, I've not been put, I, can't, I keep saying I've been put on a diet, but that's not what's happening. I'm choosing <laughs> right. to be on this IBS diet program to figure out what foods are making me feel sick. And it's really right. hard and restrictive, but you know what? I've only been doing it, today's the 16th, I've been doing it for 16 days, and I am feeling better because I am taking Uh time with the food that goes into my body. I'm being very cautious about what goes into my body, and it is changing my body literally on a basic biological level. It's changing the bacteria that live in my gut and the parasites that live in my body. All of those levels Uh are changing hopefully to bring me back into a healthier balance, right? So right. that's true of all of us. What we eat in our bodies are like our own a universe. What's happening right. inside of our organs and our stomachs and our colons and our intestines, they're filled, filled with millions of bacteria and parasites and creatures that are minuscule and impact how we feel every damn day. Mm-hmm. And if we try to mm-hmm. work with and be in harmony with those systems, we should feel better. And I know that's right. very simplistic. That's not always the case. Some people are very ill. I get it. But generally speaking, the majority of people can bring their bodies into a better relationship uh, by what they put into their bodies. And that's part of what kitchen witchcraft is for me, is being mm-hmm. aware of what goes into our food and therefore into our bodies and making some right. really conscious decisions instead of just shoveling a bean burrito from Taco Bell in my mouth, I'm having to look at the repercussions of what some of those foods will do to me, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. And when I was 20, the repercussions were nothing because my body didn't care. I could eat a bomb and my stomach would be like, great, what's next? But if my body <laughs> 41, my body doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> Happens. Well, you know, think of it this way. It's not even when we look at things and we say they age and so obviously our car ages and we we need to be more careful about, you know, we don't abuse it, our body, the same thing. But I think in a way it's also that without going into the massive amounts that we may have super abused our bodies, it just is a refinement. You know, um, I was actually talking to somebody um, more recently, I don't drink. I don't drink wine. I don't drink alcohol really of any kind, not because I'm a teetotaler, but because my body has not liked that particular ingestment at all. I mean, it's just that simple. But I did find that 
Um, there's only a, a one particular brand that I will use that I have used a small amount of for a long, long, long time of alcohol. That being said, the other day I went out with a friend and we wound up, I had, you know, Bailey's and cream and coffee and my body was fine with it. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. not that I'm going to spend my time going out and, you know, enhancing the ingestment of that in my life. It's just, it obviously, whatever the circumstances were and everything, but I am very careful now about the concept of what I put in, not necessarily every little bite because of particular things, but just that my body doesn't like it. And I've tried it and it keeps mm-hmm. giving me the same, you know, kickback. And I'm like, okay, guess that's not part of my world anymore. But I think it's right. just our body gets refined and our, our, our energies get refined and our state of life changes and we don't have the same uh, we keep wanting to use the words resilience, which, of course, all keeps talking about aging as if it were, you know, I mean, it is a deterioration guaranteed because that's what happens when age happens with anything. But I think right. it's redefining what your body can best handle and why, not just that it can't yeah. handle milk or whatever. It's There is more to it than that. And I, I think that for you, it sounds like you're doing a redefinition of you, not just your diet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely. Yeah. So, but so, um, do we want to take a break? Oh yeah. (laughs) I haven't even been tracking that. We should probably take a break. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll take a break now and come back shortly. Okay. Yes. Obviously, the hedge in ancient times was between, you know, like a, a border between, you know, neighboring villages or anything. So my feeling with the way when somebody talks about hedge witch, I feel it's um, between the physical and non-physical realm. It's working with, you know, what I guess some people call the other world, but it's that mm-hmm. process. And I, I tend to, personally, I tend to feel more comfortable in that category if you're going to put a category down so um but you know there's a lot of different things that are are based upon it so again still working with the 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 earth and the the nature and things like that but i think also working with the if we were going to use the deities or the 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 otherworldly um energy patterns so thoughts on that one go for it yeah. Um I what I find interesting about hedge witchery, which is the one I'm of all these three titles I'm the least experienced with and have the least um relationship to. One year mm-hmm. at Pentheacon, um Devin Hunter did a workshop on writing the hedge. Um mm-hmm. sorry, mm-hmm. I'm pardon me for one second while I take a sip of my water. 
thank you. <laughs> um, and and he, he talked about um, hedge writing as what I might even consider like trance work or astral projection um, and sort of mm-hmm. going to these different parts of reality um, to do magical work or serve community or, or, or whatever. And I hadn't really mm-hmm. ever thought of, of um, that term being used for but basically the way he described things. I was like, Oh yeah, well that's what I do. I've just never called mm-hmm. it hedge writing or, or hag writing or hedge jumping or whatever. And these, this term is sort of more Celtic old world term and to be mm-hmm. like hedge can sometimes translate as hag depending on the language. So this was another way of saying, Oh, watch out for Mary. She does. She's a hedge writer, you know, to insinuate mm-hmm. someone was a witch. Um, right. So I, I find it really interesting, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and it, there's a relationship between wart cunning and herbology and working with the land and also uh, traveling into the other realms while in relationship with the land. I, it's quite fascinating. Right, right. It's interesting because you did call it hedge witchery and hedge ride um, there is a book by Eric DeVries called Hedge Rider. So, you know, that is something that has been, you know, explored and, and brought in. And, and that really, it's about the, the crossing that hedge, the other world. It's like working on the other planes with ancestors and deities and, and yet still working. And you're right. It, it um, maybe one that we don't necessarily, uh, I heard it a long time ago when I first got into exploring witches and witchery and Wicca and everything, and I related more to it, not because of, not because it says hedge and thus it's a plant and thus it goes to that. It's just the energy of it. So um, I think you're, you know, it's like midwives and and healers. A lot of healers are part of it. So yes, Um, and I guess if I were to consider taking um PC shamanism is part would be considered hedgewitch would be considered a part you know that energy pattern of shamanism working with you know between the world and working along in that pattern so um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah, i agree yeah yeah, yeah so, and I, you know i know the word shaman is tricky because it technically a shaman comes from a very specific region of siberia and blah 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 yeah i get it but it's become a, a, a word that people understand, especially mm-hmm. people outside of witchcraft and paganism. If you say, oh, I'm, I'm like a shaman, people get what you're trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. Although none of us can be shamans, really, unless we are indoctrinated into this one tribe, which is unlikely, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. uh, it is a word that we get. And what I find interesting right. is how many similarities between shamanic practices and hedge witch okay. practices there are. And maybe that's something we can start encouraging instead of saying, oh, I'm a shaman or I practice shamanism. Maybe we can start referring to that as being a hedge witch or practicing hedge witchery um, because there, it, 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 to, at least to me, without having any personal experience from anyone, uh, any of my teachers mm-hmm. have, have not referred to themselves as hedge witches. So I have not been trained in that title. But Hello? from just the outside, it looks like the same thing. Hello. Oh, can Hello? you not hear me? Oh, Lyra. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hello? My head piece. Are you, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. My headpiece decided to just decide not to go anywhere. I agree yeah. with you on that. <laughs> yeah. I know. And the problem is, is I don't know how to disconnect the headpiece. Well, maybe I'll try this and see if I can do that. I can go to speaker. Can you hear me? Yeah, totally. Okay, good. All right. I'm not disconnecting us. I'm putting us on speaker. That way it doesn't have to work. I think my headpiece is starting to die. Um, oh, no. I know. I know. It was like, oh, my, not just die. I mean, like, permanently, like it's not functioning well. <laughs> it's not charged. Like, think. Um, but interesting enough is, I agree with you, and it's uh, you know in terms of what it is. It's funny because I was just reading, and of course when all this sort of went sideways, and we lost um, 
verbal communication here for a minute, it actually talks about uh, shamans are often regarded as a type of hedge witch, ability to communicate mm. with spirits that most of us can't see. So if we as witches can start using that as a term that then puts us in touch with the, sim- with the you know, again, a um, the same kind of uh, work but di- from a different culture and thus mm-hmm. we're not appropriating anything, I think that would be a good thing to actually start as a movement or if it is already yeah. started to enhance it. Yeah. 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 I um, think um, also, at least, again, from what I've been reading, a lot of it is also working with herbs and having a real clear understanding of herbs that are hallucinatory or and or poisonous. Um, you know, all plants are poisonous, period. You can uh, eat some, you can eat peppermint all day long and all of a sudden it gives you a stomach ache, right? Because it, it's not good for you in excess. So this is true of right. all plants on, on the planet. Um, but there are some plants where you can only have a much smaller dose than others. Um, right. and if you look at like belladonna, like back in the day, people were putting drops of belladonna tincture to make their pupils dilate because it was considered to be more attractive, right? Uh, and right. now belladonna, people are like, oh, don't touch belladonna, it'll kill you. But I think a hedge witch has a more clear understanding of, of those herbs, of the poison herbs, of the of the more dangerous herbs and knows how to work in relationship with those herbs for healing and journeying and writing mm-hmm. the hedge air quotes mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that seems like a big part of it. Right. And um, interesting is, is that one of the things I would, you know, hedge witches, I would think have like a, a chance to work with like the owl or something. But one of the places here talks about, most commonly associated are the raven and the goose. So figure mm. that one. Yeah. Mm. I know. Mm. <laughs> so I'm Interesting. like, that, that answers that particular question of what animal or fowl or creature we have is, you know, I'm not saying geese aren't great or, or raven isn't. It's just, I would have thought with this, it would have been like the owl because of all of the, the night stuff and the vision and all, but you know, maybe that's just one source that decided to use that. But anyway, so, but yeah, we're, we're looking at, and I guess in a way it's also considered a hereditary, I mean, not, or a lineage that is handed down. And Mm -hmm. I don't think this point I can justify saying that it is only that anymore because again, going back to, what we've experienced is the the disruption of lineages and um, things that have uh, shifted and changed. So for me, looking at this, I would say that it may not be directly in my ancestral line that this is the case that I can point to, um, that I am this and it has come down to me. But uh, what, I look at is how do we morph? How do we change? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. You know, my family, obviously there's certain things from Sicily and some Scotland and all, but nobody's going to say anything. And it certainly wasn't quote out in, in any kind of way that someone could understand it because the times changed where, you know, things happen. People ended their, their experiences with this for one reason or another, but, energetically it comes down so for the things that I have I think that I am more energetically in tune with this in a lineage way but not necessarily a direct line going down Mm -hmm. yeah 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 I'm curious about it and uh, you know I know to go back to Devin Hunter for a minute I know that he's uh, he has three books out I think through the Llewellyn Publishing Company um, the Witch's Book of Power, The Witch's Book of Spirits, and The Witch's Book of Something Else. And I know he writes about hedge writing in some of these books. So it is something I'm interested in exploring more. I am curious about it. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of darker, mysterious stuff really appeals to me. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, but, you mm-hmm. know, in my spare time, I'll add that to my list of things to study. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, all of us have so much, you know, going on. And 
and I was actually just talking this morning to my roommate about, you know, we were talking, you know, sometimes it's a very short conversation because we're both off to our work, but um, about the idea of what's going on and how we are changing our, you know, what we're doing and where, how much time we have and, you know, things are going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking I have to stay positive for one reason. The more I stay there, the better I'm centered to be able to help in keeping the chaos from overtaking the the environment of where I'm at. And that's clients and that's friends and that's, you know, situations and, and jobs and all of that. So, um, of course, studying hedge witchery and anything else that I can throw in on those times when I have nothing else that I'm doing like you, what the hell? We'll try for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and I know that, you know, there's all different things about how to go about getting in touch with, you know, people who teach this and communities, be that, um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of funny. It's like, who's more of a recluse, the, the green witch, the kitchen witch, or the hedge witch? And I think at this point, um, that delineation is not necessary. I mean, for a lot of reasons. We all are involved in groups or singularly have people we connect with. And if you find someone who, whether they say they're not, they are this particular type mm-hmm. you want to you know get to know them or study with them if they're up for studying you know teaching then I think that's viable um, in terms of credentials I don't know what do you think yeah yeah no I agree with you yep yeah, but, yep. Um, but I like it because for me I can see I guess it's funny because um Sometimes it's like, what do hedge witches do? We stick around and look at things. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I think a lot of it is observation. I think that one of the things that we have as witches in general is the ability to observe and to see patterns. It's how we interpret those patterns in the context to what we have as our tradition or our, what we follow, where we are. So, um, you know, I would say looking at hedge witches, it would be probably the patterns of not just the earth and the the uh, elements, but of the the animals and people and that are on the planet as well. So, I think it's a broader base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, on that so, note, we probably should start wrapping up. <laughs> With our time going, oh my God, we are actually at that point where it's time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have no idea what our next show is about because I don't have my calendar in front of me and I don't know what day it is. So okay. we will have a, another show. Yes. And um, technically, um, as far as the future that this is going to, to go in, no, I don't. I have no idea. Just like you, it's going to be yeah. a question. It'll Stay be a surprise. Tuned. Yes, a definite surprise. So for all those out there, please tune in for our yeah. next show after this one. Um, it'll be a surprise for all of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Yes. See you okay. soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, 
and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Weon Raven, a big merry meet, and merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be.